Do you ever feel all alone out there running your landscape, hardscape, or outdoor living business? Struggling in silence to grow and scale profitably with fewer employees? Wishing there was a better way to make money in this industry without all the insanely long hours and ridiculously hard work? You're not alone. This is your host, Joshua Gillow. Each week, our tribe comes together to empower business owners to add more profitable services by teaching how to successfully hire and manage subcontractors. Join my inner circle mastermind. Gentlemen, it's time to start winning. For more information, email me, hello at yes.express. Again, it's hello at yes.express. Now, let's get on with the show. Hello, and welcome to Outer Spaces, a podcast dedicated to empowering designers and contractors in the outdoor living space. Through this show, we hope to create a powerful resource for you someone who is trying to grow their company but might not have all the tools and processes to do so. On Outer Spaces, we are passionate about breaking the chains of small mindsets and helping contractors just like you take control of their businesses and their lives. My name is Joshua Gillow. And I'm Dwayne Drawn. Through our 40 years of combined dirt under the nails experience, we look forward to sharing tips, strategies, and other contractor success stories here on the Outer Spaces podcast. Without further ado, let's get on with the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Outer Spaces podcast. My name is Joshua Gillow, and I'm uh, joined here with Dwayne Drawn. Hey, Dwayne. Hey, what's going on, man? Hey, this is probably going to be an animated podcast today, so get ready for a lot of powwows. I've been dealing with a whole lot of shit today, and I got all the energy in the world to talk about it <laughs> and the subject at hand. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Today, we wanted to bring you and I, you know, something that uh, not many people have thought much about. But when we hear like when we're hiring people, or we're even thinking about working with different subcontractors or whatever, or just people in general, we've had many people come to us and say, you know what, I have 20 years experience in the outdoor living world, or whether designers or builders or, or carpenters or whatever, masons I have 20 years experience. And I often think, okay, do you have 20 years experience? where you actually grew each year? Or do you have the same year repeated 20 times? Right, so thinking about it from that perspective, did that person grow each year a little bit? Or did they just repeat the year, just holding on, just trying to, to make ends meet and just trying to be just above broke, right? Have a job, J-O-B, just above broke. So that's what the overall context is gonna be of our podcast today. It's gonna to be talking about how you constantly grow in order to have 20 years experience and not be that guy in 20 years that looks back and feels like you didn't get anywhere in life, right? So when it comes to growth, it's like anything else, just like any tree or any cell in your body or any organism in general, it needs to grow a little bit each day. That's just what it is. And if it doesn't, it's slowly dying. It's one way or the other. So it's very important to be growing constantly, whether you're reading new things or whether you're uh, learning new skills or whether you're working on your mind or spending time with your family, but you need to grow each day in, in, in order to, to start feeling like you're achieving and pro progressing. So uh, Dwayne, what do you think about that? You know, my mind, because all that heightened energy I had today, I, I noticed what Tony Robbins say, like when your energy's high, everything starts happening. So even though all that chaos that I dealt with today, it was chaos, but it raised my energy level. So my mind is all over the place. First, I'll start with, you're going to crack up laughing at this one. When you gave me the subject of the podcast for today... I really did not have a clue what the hell you meant. I just went along with it. I said, if he hits record, I'm just going to jibber jabber 
and whatever's gonna whatever's gonna come out of my mouth is gonna come out of my mouth. Is that but is that just anything now? New? <laughs> <laughs> <You're right. laughs> but just now, as you said it and the way you explain it, it all makes sense. I'll give one scenario and I'll hit the other scenario later as we go. I was working on a project last year doing a job and the masonry contractors, they did phenomenal work. I mean, but there was two older gentlemen, they were like 57 and 59 years old and they were brothers. And they had three other guys working for them. And these guys looked like they were like mid twenties, you mean, maybe tapping in the thirties. And these guys had been with them for seven, eight years. And so I'm watching them working. I mean, they just got a system. They, they, I mean, the mortar is going, the brick is going, and these older guys are the ones doing all the brickwork. And I'm like, bro, like here I am. I'm like the brick designer showing up with dress clothes and dress shoes, walking around a dirty job site. So you know, they don't like you anyway. You know what I mean? Like, what are you doing here? Even though you're getting us the money, you mean, but you still need to be dirty for some reason. They, they, they think that. But I was like, bro, I'm like, why are you doing all this work? I'm like, you guys need to be at home at the office chilling or having drinks with me or having lunch with me. And what? well, nobody could do this. I said, so you mean to tell me they've been laying brick from the point you're standing all the way around the earth and back, and you're the only ones who can lay the brick? No, man, they're not fast. They're not this and that. And I'm thinking, and we've been doing this for 30 plus years. And I'm thinking, you've been doing this for 30 years and you didn't teach anybody how to do this? You you didn't go to a seminar or go to a class or go to a school and learn how to get out the truck and show other people how to do this? Like, wow. And I just sort of like, just sort of walked away like, hmm. No, you're absolutely right, Dwayne. You know, there's nothing wrong with being proud of your work and being an excellent craftsman and, and building. Thank goodness there are so many people that get up passionate every morning to be able to create and build cool stuff. Because if they didn't, all our designs would go to waste. We'd have all these ideas, but they wouldn't come to life. So there's tons of respect on that side. But keep in mind that unless that's where you plan on being in the same spot in 30 years from now, you need to grow each day. You need to be thinking about who you're going to bring under your wing. You know, when it comes to 20 years of experience, it's a matter of saying, okay, I have experience. I know how to do this. Now it's my, it's my privilege. It's my obligation to start teaching others how to do what I know. And when you start teaching, that's when you truly start to learn how to do it. The teaching is where the learning comes from. It's the craziest thing. I know you guys have probably heard this before. I know for years I heard it as well, but until we started teaching, it really didn't make sense. But when you do, when you bring other employees underneath your wing and you say, look, here's how we're going to lay these pavers and teach them. And eventually they get it and you start seeing them grow or you're going to have a designer come in and teach them how to design. And then next thing you know, they're doing it on their own and they're creating ideas that are better than you'd ever come up with. And you're sitting back thinking, my goodness, I am so blessed to have them on the team. But if you have the mindset of, you know what, I just do enough to get by, you're probably never going to take that leap. You're probably never going to jump in and say, you know what, it's not my goal to just make a living in life. It's my goal to make an impact in people's lives, whether it's outdoor living or whether it's the the crew and team that actually brings that to the, the entire space to life. So what's important is that you're thinking each day about how can I grow just a little bit today? How can I help others or empower them to be able to do what I do too? And when you do that, you start to feel it, it, it's the multiplier, the great multiplier, right? You start getting much more of, of an amazing pride in what you're doing and you just get a lot more fulfillment from life in general. So, you know, to be that maverick that wants to do the same thing their whole life if that's what you want to do that's fine but find a way that you can actually help others achieve the similar results so that at the end of your life you're not looking back saying great i did all to break to to Dwayne's point here you know i, I laid lots of brick in my life and that's pretty much all i did as opposed to 
I laid a lot of brick and I taught a lot of people how to do it. And now there's, you know, tens or hundreds of people out there doing this now that are helping others build homes and outdoor living spaces and all that kind of thing. So don't let your talent go to waste and grow just a little bit each day. That's really the main focus in life because that's when you're going to feel the best, the most fulfillment and all that in your life. That's what, when did this happen for you? This happened for me, I would probably say maybe five to seven years into my career when I started realizing that if I could just keep repeating the same year over and over and keep making similar amount of money and keep doing the same thing, it was comfortable, it was easy, everybody knew what to expect, we had the right equipment, everything was good. Problem was, I wasn't all that excited about getting up and going because everything was so kind of laid out. I knew exactly how long it was going to take to build that patio. I knew exactly how long it was going to take to landscape that space. I knew exactly when the next project was going to happen. I knew that there wasn't going to be any hangups. We've done this a million times. So I kind of had a few years of experience that I just kept repeating over and over again. And one day I wake up and realize, you know what? I want a lot more out of life. I want not just more money, but I want more fulfillment. I want more excitement. I want more, you know, a difference from what I, I've been having before. So that's when I started saying, you know what, we got to start growing each and every day, going in places that scare us, going into projects that we've never built these things before and figuring out as we go or hiring the very best people. Because back in those days, we only had crews in house. So it was a matter of going to the team and putting our heads together and come up with the very best way to build these things and to be able to bring those ideas to life. But in that space of not knowing, of excitement, of keeping my fingers crossed, all that in the early days, that's where, that's really where the best, the best parts of my life were at that time was because it was fun. It was exciting. I was growing. And each day you grew a little further and you look back a year and you're, you know, after, and you look back and you're like, holy crap, look how far I've come. Two years ago, I didn't know how to do this. Now I've mastered it. That's the cool part about all of this. There's, I think there's two levels to, to my advancement in that. The first level was, and I mean, I guess we're at podcast seven in, and, and I guess a lot of people know what my issue was back in the day. I was all trying to get that paper steady, you know? But the first process that I had was I couldn't figure out how to break away and pay people to do it, you know? So it wasn't really that I felt that I was the only one. I just couldn't figure out how to get away and pay others to do it. I mean, that was the hard part, and to still keep that same quality. You mean that we had like it even started from I, I feel like I got a little lucky from the grass cutting businesses because my brother Drew and Roy and uh, actually Maurice would come cut grass every once in a while. My older brother, David, they would all cut, cut grass. We all sort of worked together. And so there wasn't really anybody. Now, if they hear this podcast, they're going to realize that I, I admit there wasn't really anybody better than anybody. You know what I mean? Like we all thought we were the best. Like I thought I was the best. Roy thought he was the best. Drew thought he was the best. So when you unleash that type of power out there, everybody was the best. You know what I mean? So everybody, so I didn't have to go to work. Drew didn't have to go to work and Roy didn't have to go to work. We could all take turns going to work and those yards were still going to be crispy and edged and perfect and, and whatever. So it was a little different with that process because I could walk away some days and I knew the work was going to be best. Now, switching over to the brick paver side, you mean growing into that, I sort of didn't even know what I was doing in the beginning. So how was the best going to be created above and beyond me when I was still trying to figure out, like when clients would say yes, I would be surprised that they even said yes to me. Like, damn, they about to give me a check. 
You mean for like five, six thousand dollars for some shit I really don't know how to do or really don't know what I'm doing? <laughs> like, like, like they don't know I'm using a Unilock catalog to figure all this shit out. Like, you know what I mean? Like that's sort of what I was going through. So then you had that level <laughs> yeah, yeah. of moving up. So um I guess it was different phases, you know? Yeah. I could agree. I had very similar, you know, the first steps plateau, new steps plateau kind of thing. And and eventually it's all hockey stick now, which is fantastic. It's amazing. But to your point, you know, it's a matter of understanding one day that, and this hit me like a brick wall one day. I think I read it in a book somewhere, but it said very clearly that the faster you learn how to trust, the faster you will succeed because success is a team sport, right? Actually, so the speed of trust is the bottom line is speed of trust. So I knew at that point, I said, all right, great. If nobody can do it as well as I could, because I had the same mindset for the longest time that who the hell am I going to hire that's going to be able to do it at just the same as me. And I realized there's nobody that's going to do it the same as me. So what the hell am I out there trying to find, you know, an absolute impossible person to do this project or do this job or whatever it might be. So I have to send, okay, now maybe I don't have all the answers. So I know what I want, what the result is that I want. Let's find somebody that can get us there and get us there faster and efficient. Maybe it's not my path. Maybe we take a couple different detours that I wouldn't have detoured through, but we still get to the end result and it's the same or better. Right. So it's really a matter of understanding that if you really want to grow your business, no matter what business that is, the faster you learn how to trust other people to be able to do the different parts of that uh, process, whatever it might be, say it's laying pavers or designing or bidding or estimating or running the business or taking phone calls, whatever, the sooner you start trusting that others have the ability to do it better than you, it's the second you start to grow and succeed. And until that, you will always be stuck living that one year over and over and over again, because you just, you can't, can only grow as far as you can grow yourself. And that is how the second phase of the company, the paper business, that's how it shot off to huge success. That's how it shot off to four crews. I actually hired, I hired some dogs. Like I took a shot one day and we were get, starting getting into some bigger jobs. And I was like, I can't manage this stuff. So I hired these two guys, Imy and Emmanuel. And these dudes were just like paver geniuses. And we were on the job site one day and you know how you drop the poles and scrape the sand. And it was like a little area where the driveway had to be tied in. It was sort of a curve area. And I was getting the poles and everything set up to drop the poles. And Manuel said, man, move over. I got this. So he took a wheelbarrow, dumped the wheelbarrow, took the grade rake, leveled the sand out. And they was just ready to lay pavers. That was the day I left the job site. I'm not joking. I left the job site that day. And I said, I'm never going back to work again because these dudes are badass. And so then what we started doing was we actually started finding companies of badasses, badassers or whatever you want to call them. And so I ended up with four crews that went to work for us every single day. And they were independent companies that they were just badasses. And they would go out there and lay, I would just tweak them a little bit and they would lay pavers and cuts and better than anything that I could do personally. And that's how uh, Paverstone at the time, that's how it scaled up. It, it, we scaled up, we scaled up so fast and too fast because I found some dogs who could do the work and all I had to do was sell. And then I found some salespeople who I could teach how to sell and they started selling. And I sat in the office and I found a guy who wanted to come in as a salesman and he really wasn't a good salesman, but he loved to doodle. So I taught him how to design paper patios. And really, I was just sitting at the office. I would order material and I would estimate the jobs. That's all I would do. Yeah, it's important. And if you really want to figure out how to work in your business, 
or sorry, on your business, not in your business every day, then you're going to learn, you have to learn how to trust. And, you know, it's going to take time. There's a seasoning period of a few months to a year before that new person is really capable of, of handling things at the same level or, you know, in a, as a collaborative idea within the business about which, you know, what exactly is acceptable and not, especially for starting out new when you're hiring people. It's a matter of understanding that it's going to take time. It's not going to be instant. If you hire somebody and expect them to just pop up and just do the stuff in a week and you're like, oh, great, this is awesome. Now that might happen. You might get lucky. But the reality is this is going to take an entire cycle of seasons. So a year to get somebody to really be efficient, proficient, and doing what you uh, want them to do. And they're gonna throw their own soup in there as well, their own ingredients into that stew, and you're going to figure it out together. And eventually you end up with a better solution than just you doing it, right? It's not even you just not doing the work. It's the fact that it's being done even better, your clients are better served, and the overall end result is much better when you're working with a team like that. So, you know, it's really important because some of those people will bring processes to the table that they've learned elsewhere that'll help speed up your processes and others won't. Some people just aren't process driven and you have processes and that's why processes are so important because if you can bring somebody new into your business, you can learn how to trust them and all you have to do is to introduce them to a process that you already trust right? Back to trust again. If you trust the process and you can find a person that can follow that process, then you can trust them with the result. Hence the reason why processes and systems work when you scale a business. There's really no other way to do it. You can't have everybody in a business doing things differently. You can't have nine salespeople doing nine different things. You can't have nine different scripts. You can't have nine different ways of doing it. You can't have nine different installers installing patios nine different ways. It just doesn't work. You have to have one system that you trust and everybody follows that system. Now, there might be little nuances that they adjust here and there in order to make it theirs. That's fine. As long as the end result is similar, we can always have some of those nuances adjusted and polished. But overall, that's the bottom line to scaling is to have processes in place. Now, when it comes to processes, you have two choices. You're going to spend half your life trying to figure out your own, trying let it work, didn't work, try it, adjust, go to seminars, come back, read more books, hire consultants, all these kinds of things, and then trying to figure out what you're gonna do. Or you're just gonna go out and say, look, I'm trying to skip all those years of pain and figuring it out. I'm just gonna hire somebody. Somebody that can teach us a process, whether it's a business process or a sales process or a design process, or whether it's even a process in, in, in marketing or whatever it might be, right? Or social media, how to engage social media. So by hiring talent, you're compacting or you're condensing the amount of time it takes you to go from uh, that person who is, you know, the same year 20 times in a row to someone who is is growing exponentially every year. So when you have 20 years experience, that is a massive statement. Like I, I have 20 years of massive growth to share versus one year 20 times. Yeah. And, and you get your head beat in, I mean, getting there. One of the statements that I did want to make is it's actually two. And I think I'll add a third if I can remember. The first one is, uh, just like you said, I read a book one day and it was stating that you said you have to trust um, what you read in your book. And what the book that I read is, is that when you hire people, bring people in, you actually have to trust yourself. And if you can't hire people or have people work for you, you have a trust issue, period. You got to get over your trust issue. And then number two, this may not sound like it's a part of this conversation, but it is. I also read a, a book just recently. Remember, like I said, these books collage together now. But you as a person, and this is something you kind of portray to your marriage and your relationships and things like that, is you can only love to the capacity that you love yourself. Okay. And so if you relate that over to your business side, you can only hire and trust and grow to the capacity 
of what you love and think of yourself. So if you're holding back on trying to grow the operation or thinking that somebody can't do the job, then you really got to take a look at you and who you are and look in the mirror. Like, are you really believing in yourself that you could do this? Number three, and I'm glad it all just sort of dropped down with me. Something else that I read about life, one of the most powerful, and this is what churches I see, and I'm not talking about churches, so if you go to church or something like that, don't call me up and hit me with the Bible or nothing like that, because I'm not talking about churches. But this is something that actually a lot of preachers have a problem with. They get in the pulpit and they speak so well and highly of God and Jesus that they sort of become God and Jesus, and they don't think anybody else can do what they do. And one of the worst things that you can do as a preacher, you mean sort of, that's what you're doing. You're preaching, you're teaching the gospel, is that you're not teaching the, the predecessor, the next one. And one of the greatest gifts that we can give, listen to this. This is, is a, I think it's a very powerful nugget. The one of the greatest gift that we could give society, I mean, I'm talking the postage stamp on this earth, is to teach them something that we know that can create a better life for them and create a better life for others. Like, we're really only here for a few things. We're here to take care of the earth. We're here to procreate, create some kids. And we're here to show the path and help each other through this, this cycle of life. And for some reason, we think, and I notice this with the old dogs, like some of the old architects. I'm even noticing this with the old pilots. Like, the private pilots, they're cool. But the commercial pilots, they're almost a-holes. Like you say, hey, you know, when you get off the airplane, like, hey, I'm a private pilot. Look at you like, yeah, right, buddy. And just they keep walking. And I'm like, dude, did you forget you were one too? And then I, I have some pilot friends who fly commercially and they say the, the pilots are horrible. They're rude. They, they think because they made it, they're gods and, and you mean nothing. And we have this, for some reason, we have this society where we feel that if somebody, if you make it, you have to go through the same hell and brimstone and fire that I did to become successful. And really, it's the opposite. My goal is to make sure that you don't go through the fire and brimstone and hell that I went through and make it. And you're not spending 20 years of your life doing the same thing each year and not getting anywhere. Exactly, man. Very well said. And you're exactly right in the first term of, of the, you know, like I've said many times, you know, business is no more than a direct reflection of the uh, of the person running it, right? So if you are lack confidence or you can't have a hard time trusting people, your business is going to have the same problem with employees. You're not going to be able to keep them around because you won't trust them either. It All the inner work starts within you. You need to figure out how to build trust within yourself, how to build confidence within yourself, how to build all of those muscles inside yourself. And once you do that, you will be able to trust. You will be able to delegate. You're going to be able to do all of those things, but you need to work on yourself first. Most people want to go outside. They want to hire somebody to fix a problem, but they never fix the true problem, which is inside of them. And that's really where the inner work, it's where the mind, uh, the mindfulness comes in and the meditation and the, no matter what works for you, not, not everything works for everybody. So whatever you find that can allow you to get the opportunity to, to witness your own actions and witness your own feelings and understand whether you're a guy or a girl doesn't really matter. The point is we all have feelings and most guys try to push them back. They let the ego run and they just want to be the bravado side of things. And to be quite honest with you, it gets old because it doesn't, it doesn't provide anything for anybody. So Thinking about yourself as someone on this planet in order to help and to, to grow and to fulfill your needs and destinies and all those good things, you need to be thinking about how can you impact others to gain that fulfillment side of things, but also how do you impact yourself in a way that you can 
impact others, right? Just like when you're on an airplane and they say, when the oxygen mask comes down, don't put it on your neighbor first. You put it on you first. So if you take care of yourself first and you're strong and healthy, then you can take care of other people. It's the same thing with your business. You need to work on you first. And when you make that transition and you make that realization that it is you first, then your business will see the fruits of that labor. It's great if you flip it around and you're just going to hire somebody to fill a spot in your business because you don't trust and you're not confident moving forward or don't see a clear path and you just want to hire somebody that's going to do it for you, you're still not going to trust them. You're still not going to see the path and you're still not going to be confident. But if you flip it around and say, look, if I work on those things myself personally, when it comes time to make those hires, I'm going to be even more comfortable, more confident, and more ready to tear the world apart because you fixed the biggest problem, which was inside of you. It's crazy. Most people don't think of it that way. They want the easy path. And I hate to tell you guys, easy path is not the best path. It might get you short-term you know, results, but long-term, you're going to suffer. That's just what it is. There's no way around it. You've got to work on the inner game. That's number one, dead front center. It's crazy, you know, and back to your your point about, you know, whether whether pilots and, and everything, you know, regardless of the designers are the same way, architects, depending on where you are in the world, you know, it's, some people say, you know what, life isn't fair, right? They say, life isn't fair, I didn't get the best this, I wasn't born at this time, my brother got this, my buddy got that, my whatever, that guy in that business, he has, his parents had a lot of money, that's why they can scale as fast as they can, that's all bullshit, the reality is, thank God life isn't fair. If life was fair, it'd be boring as hell. The reality is some of us want to go out and capture the day every single day with big bear claws. We just want to go after it and get as much as we can to help as many people as we can to, to live the most full life possible. And others want to sit back and wait for something to just show up on their doorstep. And those people don't get the opportunities because they're not out there trying as hard as they possibly can to grow in intelligence and grow in, in connection with people and grow financially, grow spiritually every single day. Those are the ones that truly make it because they will not stop until they get where they want to go. Where others sit back and wait for it to show up for them. And thank God, again, life isn't fair because if it was, the ones that are out there, the mavericks that are out there trying to change the industry and trying to change the world, they would feel like, all right, well, what, what the hell would I do that for? Why would I do it? Because the other guy's sitting on the couch eating Cheetos all day, watching Netflix. He's getting the same opportunities. So why, why would I want to do that? So thank God life isn't fair. That's all I got to say. Dude, that's the story of my life. Like, if it wasn't for racism, you and I probably wouldn't even be on this podcast. I mean, because what happened was it wasn't fair. So what happened was I had to try to figure out how to whoop ass and make it happen. So I started, I taught myself how to design. I would stay up to two, three. It was just a motivation that just could no other could could succeed around me. So I stayed up to two, three o'clock in the morning every single night learning how to draw on the 3D design software. And so the 3D design software created this platform for me that I actually see the design. And then I start seeing the design like, oh shit, I could see this. And then I start studying architecture and different styles and different and just going in deeper and creating something bigger and better. So when I look back at that, yeah, it sucked. Yeah, it wasn't fair. And yeah, it was a tough path. But that tough path made me dig down and grit deep. You mean, and make this shit happen. You mean, now I could care less. You like me or not, black, white, I don't give a shit. Like, now you lose out. It's not even color anymore. If you don't do business with me, I, I'm confident enough to say, well, you just didn't get my style. Like, I have a client right now who's on the fence, and I think they're going around me, and they're bidding against me. And I'm thinking, like, you just missed out because you're not going to get the design and the highest quality that we provide. I know that most of the companies out here are not even thinking about that. You mean, so, bro, you're right. Like when you said, you actually texted me that this morning and said, I'm so happy life isn't fair. And I thought back like, you damn right. 
Like, cause I wouldn't be here if it was fair. Exactly. I've got a very similar client right now who has gone around us and they're trying to piece the project out and they can do their thing, but they will not get the five-star experience from beginning to end. They're going to have tons of headaches within this project. I already know that. I mean, it's a larger project and then they've never managed projects before. So in their uh, not so infinite wisdom, they're thinking, all right, well, I can save some money by not hiring a manager. And that's fine. You can do that. Just like if you're building a house, you can go and build a damn thing yourself if you want. But you know, the amount of money you're going to spend on mistakes throughout that entire process is going to be far more than what it's going to be to just hire somebody and the, the, the stress and the regret and the pain, all the stuff that's going to happen in that process. It's, it's a given because these people haven't done it thousands and thousands of times like we have, you know, and so be it. I mean, they, they make their own path, they make their own way. But at the same time, it's frustrating when you see people taking the path of more resistance because they think they're going to save money. And at the end of it all, when they don't save money and you drive by the place, it doesn't even look like what you designed, exactly what you knew they wanted. But now all of a sudden it's different because they had five, six different contractors in their building and, and they all didn't communicate. And next thing you know, it took two years longer than expected and it didn't even turn out the way they wanted. And they're upset about it. Think about it. Think about spending all that hard-earned money just to be pissed off at the end. Like, what, what are you saving? Seriously, yeah. what are you saving at yeah. the end? But you can't get that through some people's heads. They're just mm -hmm. in their own world, and that's just what it is. Yeah, dude, this hits exactly. Like, one of the things that has me so excited and animated today is because I had a list of shit that just went through. You know what I mean? Today, I earned the right to be the business owner. You know what I mean? You, you know how you're the business owner. You're just putting out fires all day long, and they're coming at you. Like, it always happens, like, around my birthday month anyway. And today was the day where it just, ah, it all came at me. And so just maybe 30, 45 minutes before we even decided to do this podcast, a client that I, I think you and I were talking, we weren't talking about it in the podcast, but I had a client who did not want to pay our project management fee. And they thought we were overcharging. I mean, he even sent me some hourly breakdowns and you're this much an hour and this is just ridiculous. You're not doing that much work, blah, 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 blah. And I explained to him, you're not paying me for an hour. You're paying me for the value. And I said, the job has already started. Everything is working. And because you are not stressed out is because I'm doing my job. And if you guys are getting stressed out, you need to let me know and I'll fix the problem. That's what we do. So just today, an inspector rolls up on the job site and shuts it down, shuts the job down, sends you know, tells the guys to go home. They call me up. I said, give me the phone number information. The homeowner said, well, you know, I can call. But then again, Dwayne, if I call, I won't be able to tell him everything that you just said to me. I said, give me the phone number. I'll call. I called, talked to them. I explained to them exactly what was going on. Da -da -da. They gave me a permit within 30 minutes, emailed it to me, and we got a new permit on the door. That's why you paid the project management fee, and, and that's what it's here for. And that's why it happened. You understand what I'm saying? And that right there, Joshua, is that, and I came back to the office, and I told Isabel, I said, I just pulled something off, and I think that was luck. And Isabel said, you sure that was luck? I said, it was luck. She said, you sure that wasn't all your years of experience and knowing what to say and how to say and who you talk to and who to talk to and the reputation that you guys have built? And I, I thought about it and I sort of beat on my chest like, damn, she was right. That wasn't luck. You know I mean, that was that was the path that we've traveled. You know what I mean? Exactly. I've been your... kicked off a job site more than once. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're like, yeah, another one, not a big freaking deal. But, you know, to your point about permits, there are so many out there in our industry that are scared to death of the township. I mean, they actually stay up at night in cold sweats because of the township beast that's going to come after them, right? So they stay just out of the township's eye by doing projects that are just small enough to not need permits or whatever it might be, right? Trying to keep out of that. 
And what they're doing is they're screwing themselves, again, staying in that small mindset. If they would learn that it's such a simple process to do most of these permits, and yes, there's some red tape and some shit you gotta go through, that's just life. But if you wanna get to the higher level and you wanna do projects that are much larger or double or triple or quadruple what you're doing now or more, that's one thing you're gonna have to master. So don't sit around it. Same thing with stormwater management. It's the same thing where they're like, oh my God, if we get too many square foot, we gotta manage stormwater. Instead of being afraid of it and afraid of what could be, master it. It's that simple. Say, you know what? If stormwater management is something that's coming into my environment, if I need permits for the kind of projects I truly, truly wanna build that get me excited and get me up in the morning, master it. Or hire somebody who has that mastery and have them teach you as they're doing it for you so you understand what's going on enough to be dangerous and then let them manage that side of it for you so that when you're thinking about these projects, you don't have handcuffs on. You don't go into a client and sit down and talk about all the options that are possible but no deep down you can't build it because they're going to read that. They're going to smell that on you right away. And the next thing you know, they're like, well, I'd, I can do a patio that's 500 square foot, but I think a 400 would be better. And you're thinking because I don't need permits or I don't need stormwater or something. And they're going to smell it right out of the bat. Then like Dwayne or I show up and we're like, dude, no problem. Like, hey, we can put 625 is going to be enough based on our design, you know, laying it all out. We're going to be good. We put the roof here, put the deck there, put the pool there, whatever it's going to be, right? And then they're thinking, well, that last guy didn't even say we could do this because they were scared because they were scared that they didn't understand what it took to build a project like that. So don't run from it, run to it, lean into it, master it, take it one step at a time and pretty soon that'll be behind you. I say this from a lot of passion because I used to be that guy. I used to be that guy who was scared to death of the township and we did a lot of projects, a lot of patios with no permits. We just went in and did the projects, right? It was years and years ago before it was a big thing. We didn't even know we needed permits for pavers because it was always said you could pick them up and take them with you, right? Technically you could. So, but we just did these projects and we got away with it back then, you know, 15, 20 years ago. But anymore, it's not that big a deal. It's a little process. You go in, you sign some papers, yada, 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 it's done. Next thing you know, everybody's fine. You don't have to sit up at night thinking, crap, what if they shut my project down, right? Or something comes up and you're like, why, why all that stress? Why limit what you and your crews and what your, your creativity can produce by something that is something you're scared of? Seriously, embrace it, master it, and put that shit behind you so you can keep moving forward and not get stuck living that same year 20 years in a row. And you know something else too is, because of who we are as a business and the way we present, the way we draw our designs, this, the permits and cities actually love us. Like, they love us. Like, they look at our designs, they look at our blueprints, and they look at everything. Like, we can tell what they're doing. Okay, let's go. And like today, all they had to find out that, like, literally, all they had to find out that it was VizX. Like once they realized it was Vizex that was on the horn, it was like the big kahuna just called in and it was like, he needs to get his permit. And it was like stamp, boom, 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 done. Like that's a hell of a feeling to even know that you've made it to that level. That, you know what I mean, that Vizex is called like, you know, like, hey, 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 like, like you can almost hear it in the background. Like, damn, Vizex is calling and you better, you got to get their permit right because they get it. They do their best to get it right. Like we get the jobs right, we get the the quality of the product right. We get we we pay attention to that stuff. They don't have to. They really don't even have to inspect us. You know I mean because we're not trying to sneak over and get something cheated past them. We're actually trying to raise and elevate the standards above and beyond what they even inspect. Yep. 
You're, you're dead right. So if an inspector or an agency or a township is used to seeing your projects and then you call in, they're like, all right, this is just how they roll. Like we've never once found a, a situation where they were trying to cut corners. They might teach you things here or there. That's cool. But if they see you trying to cut corners and hide shit and, and be like, you know, sneaky in any way possible, they're going to put you on the shit list. But if you are doing it right and you're, and you're ethical and you're being very conscious about what needs to be done and you're trying to be helpful as well, they, they, they don't want to enforce the code if it doesn't make sense on certain projects either but they have to so we all have to understand they're just people with jobs and the end of the day the goal is everyone's safety that's built to a certain level right so you got to give them a little bit of, of the benefit of the doubt there but you know at the same time once they get used to you and they get used to your way of doing business and they find that you aren't going to be cutting corners and they're going to be a lot easier on you they just aren't going to be assholes now it's not everyone some some inspectors some townships are just assholes and they want to have an axe to grind every single day they love it they were those same kids in, in high school that got the dodgeball in the face and in the guts every like four or five times every gym session right they're like one day one day i'm going to get those bastards and all of a sudden they get the opportunity to work at a township and they they live out that dream every single day right they're there but they're not everybody. Most yeah. are very good people, good family people that just want to do a great job and not have all the kinds of crap and problems. So make their jobs easy. It makes your job easy. It's pretty simple. You know, but most don't even try to go down this road because they're scared. Let's face it, man. Fear is a bitch. And if they're scared of failure, they're scared of what they might say, they're scared of how it might adjust their design or how make them look bad because they don't know this stuff, they just stay away from it as opposed to, you know, leaning into it and mastering that once you master that stuff, dude, the fear is gone. Fear is only the fear of the unknown. It's what you don't know. Once you know it, there's no more fear. That's the cool part about fear. You can kick that shit out of you quick if you know how to conquer it. And just by, by understanding and mastering it. And you know, Josh, going back to the topic, this goes just right to the straight topic of what our discussion is today. And like, I got a buddy um, who sort of grew up with, we did some brick payers with, did some grass cutting with back in the day. And he's he's up on Facebook and he's showing me his work. Now his craftsmanship is phenomenal. Like if we were side by side laying favors, I'd have to give it to him. I mean, he's he's there, but you know, now he has 20 years of just laying paver patios. And the stuff he's showing me, and he wants me to get excited, I can't. Like I'm looking at the craft, I'm excited about the craftsmanship, like his cuts, the level, it's beautiful. But the work is like, dude, you had a swimming pool over here that was square and you put a round circle pathway that's curving all kind of ways, looking like a snake. And then a, a seat wall and some like, it's just old paver stuff. And so I even, and so it's like, this guy can come to you and he can stand in my office, in your office, and he can tell you, put his fist on the table and say, I got 20 years experience. He can say that shit. He can't. He can sit right in my office. That's I got 20 years experience laying papers. I'm like, yeah, you do. But have you evolved in the 20 years? Like, you're still laying the, I think this is, I don't even say their names because I don't want to get hit on like copyright infringements, but you're still laying a certain type of paver that's like a low budget, cheap end paver. Like, how do you even get clients? Why are your clients even accepting that? Like, why aren't you telling your clients that you're not doing that or you won't do the job if you use that that stuff anymore? Like, why are you getting there? And one of the statements that he said, and actually I, I had him, he's, you're actually talking to him, I think today. You probably talked to him today um, for the, the course. And talking to him, he said something, um, yeah, I'm trying to get those type of clients to do these type of projects. And what I said was, I said, bro, you actually have those clients. Like I'm looking at your work 
And every single one of your clients that you're talking to, they are those clients. I said, what has to happen is, I said, you got to learn how to design and present it. He's like, yeah, I do. I said, you really do. And I start sending him some of the stuff we do because we started working together. So he's getting to see. So he's seeing the difference in the work and the designs that we're doing. And he's like, yeah, man, you're right, Wayne. You're right. And I'm like, dude, we have a class that we have. And we will show you guys and put you through a course to teach you how to do that. Because we got guys right now who are just all out killing it in a design class. And you could be one of them. He was like, yeah. I said, dude, you got to really sign up to our class. And that right there is the 20-year experience. He's 20 years in this business. And has he evolved? And he's frustrated. You know, like, man, they're not paying much. These people don't want to pay any more than that. I'm like, I don't even get bidded. Like, if you bid me as a client, I'm pretty much going to cancel you. I'm going to fire you. Like, if you try to bid me, if you're a client and you try to bid against me, I'm going to fire you. I'm not. If we're playing that bidding game, I'm not doing it. Because, one, I'm not cheating you. Um, two, my price is the price because of the quality and the standpoint. And I actually price it very structured. I don't see an area where I can get over and try to add in there. I don't do that. I have. I actually learned it from you. I have a percentage. That's a percentage. And that's where it's going to be. Even if I feel I can get charged more, I don't do that. Like I learned from you, be ethical, do it that way and just operate that way. But that goes back to the the beginning of what we were just talking about, the topic of this um, podcast. No, exactly. Dude is exactly right. And, and again, it's the question really is, do you want to be passionate and enjoy your, you know, what you do every single day since we're only here for so long on this rock or you know, are you just happy having a job, just above broke type, and uh, you know, environment where you wonder why you can't keep employees in your business because they come in and they're like, well, it's like a dead horse, it's like an old plug holder, so just going along, doing the job. Like nobody's excited here. There's no excite. There's no mission. There's no reason to get up and get out there and help. Like what? What are we even doing? Just doing patios or landscaping just in order to make the bills and pay the bills. Like who the hell wants to wake up and do that? Everybody wants to wake up and they want to say, man, today is going to be an awesome day. We're going to go out. We're going to, we're going to create an awesome outdoor living space for somebody. We're going to impact people's lives. We're going to see happy clients jumping around because of all the memories you're going to be able to share in this new space. And we're going to have fun as a team. We're all going to grow a little bit today. You know, really growth is the ultimate uh, fulfillment, right? Contribution is another fulfillment. These are things that in order to be fulfilled, you need to grow and you need to contribute. Those are the two biggest pieces. And most people don't focus on that, right? I learned, you know, during one of the UPWs that I thought that uh, significance and uh, certainty were going to be my two, you know, top things to focus on. And, and, you know, thank goodness I learned quickly that those two things are dead ends because there's nothing in life that's certain, nothing, nothing in life is certain. And significance is a, is a fictitious game in the brain. That's all it is. It always wants to make it an ego play and your ego will always take you the wrong way. So uh, getting divorcing those two out of my mindset and certain, you know, certain things need to be certain, like we know gravity is going to be here and that we can breathe air and we're going to be fine, like that kind of thing. That's fine. But to focus all your attention on growth, spiritually, physically, mentally, financially, uh, with your family, with everything, and to focus on contribution, giving to others, teaching others, bringing others up with you. Man, there's nothing. I mean, you talk about how you can spin your day from being, I don't want to do this, to I can't wait to do more of this. That's the easiest freaking path to it. It's just spin it to growth and contribution and your entire world changes. Mm-hmm. Especially if you got a friend like me, because I'm like the Tasmanian fucking devil. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. <laughs> it, it could change up any given second. Like the way we were talking about water, 
not yeah. gas. You know what I mean? Like, oh, my bad. Like, I thought we were talking about gas. It worked that way. <laughs> there is no certainty anything that's coming out of my mouth. <laughs> I used to be the friend that you had to warn. Like, when I come visit, you had to warn your friends. Like, Dwayne, he's a cool guy. I really like him. But, man, he can say anything. So you gotta, you just got to be ready. He's going to come at you. <laughs> I'm a, I was that guy. Matter of fact, I think I still am that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Full of the uncertainty side, which keeps yeah. it the spice of life, right? <laughs> yeah. So, let me know. So, guys, if you're out there and you're stuck in that uh, that merry-go-round of of doing the same thing year after year after year, and you need you need an uh, exit ramp, if you will, and you want to get started on growing, so in 20 years from now, or even five years from now, you can look back and you can say, holy crap, I don't even recognize myself. My family looks up to me now. My wife has that glimmer in her eye, or my husband has that glimmer in his eye, and looking at me each and every time with respect and love, you know, reach out to us. Our goal here at Yes Express and with um, you know Sales and Design Mastery is to help you not have to go through all the years of bullshit we had to go through to figure this stuff out. This is already done. It's in a package for you. We teach you how to do it. And off you go to the races. You can you can leapfrog most people in your uh, competitive environment just by having these set in place principles. They're super simple. We can you can learn through these things and we can teach you how to do this so that you can launch and you can grow and not have to be stuck in that same rut, not happy, just doing your job, coming home each day, doing the same thing day in and day out. So I mean, if that sounds like something you're excited about and you wanna learn more, reach out to us. You can go to yes.express or you can hit us up on, on social media. We'd love to talk to you. And even if it's just a matter of guiding, even if you don't do our program, you just need some help or some guidance wherever you're at right now, dude, reach out. That's what we're here for. We love helping people along the way. And, you know, Joshua, the neat part about what you just made the statement about, and I was, I was actually mentoring a, a lawn care a buddy friend of mine just a couple of days ago. I actually took some, I just took, I just shut down work. I needed to get some work done and I spent two hours and I dropped him down the rabbit hole of the Tony Robbins. Like I, like I put the pill on him and it's still one thing I still know, even I dropped everything on him. I still notice he's hesitant to move forward and making a change because he doesn't, he thinks that it's it's another way. And what I was getting to the point is, is that you and I were those those contractors we're talking about. Like you and I, I was stuck for years doing the same thing. I mean, I just we get I got 20 plus years under my belt, and I spent a lot of years doing exactly the same thing, same year, same result, and could not move forward and was frustrated about what's going on. So it I, I did the same thing. I also know what it's like to I was in a chase. And one of the biggest problems with the contractors were is that they thought that they had to chase the next job or the next thing in order to keep paying the bills. And so you never wanted to learn anything. You never wanted to make any change because you were in the chase. You thought that if you didn't get that check from that client, or if you didn't get that yes, you thought your whole entire world of business was going to collapse. So we are those kind of, like, we're not, spe like I was sitting back today watching TV. It's like, I'm not fucking special, but I am special. You know what I mean? Like, it's all it was is it was just hard work. I just worked hard. I knew that there was an end result and I'm still not even there yet. Like, like as much as we're talking in this podcast, we're adding great information. I still don't feel, I feel like I'm just starting going after what I really set to go after. Cause now I see the path more clearly now. You see what's possible. Yeah. Once you can take all those, you know, all that head trash out of your head uh, and you spend time with you silent, you know, and you really take some time for you you start to realize there's so much more out there you can achieve. And, you know, when it comes to those those clients that say no to you, you know, oftentimes, I know I did this in the beginning, I would take it personal. 
man, they would stack like blocks on my back. No, no, oh, we're not gonna do this. We need to change that, whatever it might be, or I don't like your design or whatever it might be, right? They were like cinder blocks on my back and they just kept stacking. And at a certain point, you just crush down. And you're just like, son of a bitch, you just get wore out from it. But when you realize that none of it has to do with you, it's simply their opinion. That's it. When you don't internalize that shit and you let it bounce off you like you got a bulletproof vest on, dude, every day is beautiful because no matter who throws something at you, it just bounces off like armor, like you're right off your armor, just bounces right off. And the next thing you know, they say something else and it's like, okay, that's your opinion. It doesn't, it doesn't ding your own personal self-worth, your confidence. It won't because inside you work on yourself daily in order to make sure you have that, that, uh, uh, you know, Kevlar around the outside of your body. And that's just what it is. Now, if you make a mistake, be the first one to admit it, fix it and move on. But if you don't, and it's not your fault, it's okay. If they want to blame somebody, they're probably going to blame you because if it's part of a project, whatever, just let it bounce off. All right, cool. Let's figure out what we got to do. Take the next steps that make sense and be done. Not, I mean, I used to stay up at night I'd get up in the morning with anxiety because I'm afraid of this client or what they're going to say or what I'm going to lose money or these kinds of things. And I internalized it. Like I kept thinking when I dug deeper into it and witnessed my own reaction to it, I realized that it was me saying, you're a failure, not there was a problem on the project or your design wasn't good enough or you should have thought of this and beating myself up with those cinder blocks over and over again until I, I would go into major you know, designs where I really, really loved it and I would design like crazy for a while and then all of a sudden I would lose interest in it because of all those cinder blocks on my back and I'd lose momentum because there was something dragging me. Once I learned to evict all that bullshit, put on the Kevlar vest every morning when I do my mindset work and all day long just let things bounce off me, shit, I got a care in the world. Every day is a great day. That's honestly why I don't. This is gonna sound funny as hell. Look, this is this is my crazy side. That's why I don't have like a weed smoking issue. It's because back in the day, if my friends and stuff were all smoking, I tried to smoke, I would get high and be, and destroy myself. Like you were weak. You're you should have closed a job. Why didn't you close a job? You know what I mean? How come you owe these people money? Why don't you get your business together? Your life is not together. I would destroy myself. And so I'm like, how am I having fun smoking this? And you, what are you guys having fun doing? And why am I not having fun? You mean I since then figured it out, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I don't, I don't, I don't, I didn't have a big issue with that because I, I used to beat myself up and I hated the feeling. You know what I mean? So I internalized it all. You said anything to me, I internalized it until I learned just to let it just flow, keep moving. And people who, and what I'm learning now is people who do business with us, they want to do business with us because of who we are, the reputation. They see that. And if you don't see that, that's great. No problem. I will move on. You don't even have to move on. I will leave you where you are and I'll move on and work with my, my next client who sees the value and who we are. And it's not arrogant. It's just confidence, you know? It is. And, and also figuring out what you're going to tolerate because some clients are going to try to run you through the ringer because they like to be in control. They feel like they're paying you. So therefore you must, you know, hop every time they say hop and skip every time they say skip. And when you tell them that I don't dance, this is my show. You happen to be lucky enough to be part of it in the nicest way possible, of course, and only, you know, figure out exactly what you're willing to tolerate. You'd be good to go. But if you are just putting up with everybody's bullshit, it'll just constantly keep adding that weight on your back and eventually you will collapse and then you'll get back up again and collapse again. So if you want to stop that cycle, put on the Kevlar every morning.